Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and today we are talking to Daniel Solomon. Daniel is a serial entrepreneur and a startup builder, including Irogo, UAE's first ugly food produce service that aims to eliminate food waste by automating discounts. Previously, Daniel was the CEO and founder of Eero, a digital agency serving global brands such as PwC and Toyota. He also held positions at Publicis Sapiens and has an MBA from University of Liverpool. Hi, Daniel. It's great to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm well, Maria. Thanks for having me on uh, Future Hacker. Happy to also learn more about you know, why Future Hacker is a title. <laughs> Future hackers are people like you, as we are, we're just talking to people that are hacking our way through the future to get, you know, best of technology, innovation, and knowledge for everybody out there, just to make sure we are going to a more sustainable future and inclusive, hopefully, right? And we're definitely talking about that. But Daniel, you're currently based in Dubai, right? You're from Nigeria. You started in the corporate world. You moved to entrepreneurship focused on impact business. So, you know, I'd love to begin by having you telling our listeners about your journey, what made you arrive where you are today. Can you begin like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a pleasure again to, to be you know, on, the, on the podcast. Future Hacker, I love the title and that's the reason why I asked. Uh, I love the way you were able to say, you know, we're creating a more sustainable world. And this is something that I find really interesting lately. Speaking about my background, I've been in Dubai for almost a decade. Before that, I worked in publicity segments and after that, I went to a startup where we're using augmented reality to create an impressive digital enterprise project for real estate clients. And after that, I went to start up a, an agency, leveraging on my experience and background. And I served you know, 4,500 companies, including Ability to Make Group, who owns the Toyota, Lexus, Vegemobile, PwC, and, and so on. You know, I'm originally Nigerian, and this is, you know, where I call home. Obviously, Dubai has been home for almost uh, a decade, but being able to you know, cross between both worlds, I'm able to see things, I guess, from two different angles, which basically leads me to my current venture uh, that I'm currently building. So it's, it's a pleasure to sit with you, and uh, I really find your podcast really interesting. Thank you so much, Daniel. You know what? So I'm curious, and, and for sure, your origins has something to do with that. So what made you go to the, to the food waste segment? We all love food. I'm joking. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, that's, that's passion. I think, you know, being lucky enough to travel around the world, calling Dubai home for almost a decade, you know, when I had an office in Lagos for my first company and also in Odessa in Ukraine, where we have the back offices, a team that always comes into mind is, you know, we need to do more by reaching out to people who are not as fortunate as us. And the first thing I did in my first company was to train people on how to become, you know, programmers so they could leverage their skills and not be dependent on, you know, the infrastructure of, you know, the country that they're in, especially, you know, when we take Nigeria as a case, you know, a lot of people are individual entrepreneurs, 
they need to be able to make money for themselves because you don't have that infrastructure that different parts of the world have. So we started training people so they could become you know, programmers, they could offer their skills on different platforms you know, as a gig economic water. And we did that for a while. And after a while, you know, I keep asking myself, I can't do this at scale. I can't train two million people. I needed to do something that is a lot more impactful. And the only team that I can really connect with is inequality. Because when I go to Lagos, you know, in different parts of Nigeria or even in, in Ukraine, in Odessa, people will be like, can you please give me like, you know, money? When you ask them, what do you need to use the money for? They always tell you, I need to use the money to buy food, uh, specifically, in, in, you know, in Nigeria. And, you know, when people ask you for, like, money that is less than 50 cents, and, you know, you give people, you know, money when you can. This is what a lot of, of us do. But when I come back to Dubai, you know, it's a different case, right? You find people throw a lot of food away, companies throw a lot of food away, we're talking about, you know, food waste that occurs during Ramadan. We're talking about those brunches that we go to, which we all enjoy and we go to. But the problem is, I keep thinking, imagine taking all this food and just packing them and, you know, sending them to somebody, you know, who can afford food in Nigeria or in different parts of the world. And this is where the idea came about. And obviously, as we started doing more research, we found out that you know, food waste is not just an inequality issue, it's also an environmental issue. And that's the more reason why I needed to do something to use my you know, background and experience in tech to really use technology to address the issues of food waste and food loss, you know, from an environmental, economical and you know, social point of view. And that's when the whole idea of Aerogo came about. Uh, Aerogo is a platform that eliminates food waste by automating discounts, working with local farmers and wholesalers to really fight food loss, especially re-diverting food that are being wasted or would be wasted if you know they're not re-diverted. They go to the landfill, you know, reclaiming the resources and you know they went into making this food. And that's what we've been doing, I think, for the you know past couple of months that we've launched here in Dubai and we're fighting, you know, food waste from an environmental point of view. And to double down on when where we started from, which is inequality for every box we deliver, we're actually feeding two people in different parts of the world with our friends at Chevenel. That's really great, Daniel. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, when I was researching, you know, for our conversation, and when talking about food waste, those numbers are shocking, right? So I read that depending on the region, more than 40% of the food available is lost or wasted. I think it's in the US. And as much as we do produce more food per person than we ever, more than 720 million people in the world faced hunger back in 2020. And there's more. So I read this report from the United Nations of you know the, the Food and Agriculture Agency report called Food Wastage, Footprint and Climate Change. If we counted food waste as a country, in terms of its carbon outputs, then it would be the third largest emitter of CO2 after China and the US. So the numbers are really shocking. And you are, you know, deep into this industry. So what do you believe are the main reasons for such an alarming scenario? So you mentioned some specific cases in Dubai that, you know, we go to, to an event, we go to a brunch, and usually this food just gets wasted. 
but I believe there's also a huge education problem and logistic issues. So how would you name the, the biggest challenges on that? I would say, you know, first, the numbers are staggering, right? But the whole food system is broken. And without going into numbers, we just need to look at it you know, from the outside point of view that, you know, from the time that a food has been produced to the time it gets on the table, there's substantially a lot of ways that's basically occurred. And some of those issues that we don't even think about, it's not even the logistic issue. It's the small things like the promotions, you know, that we have in stores where we as consumers, the marketer is telling us we buy one, we get one free, and we buy those things that we don't need, right? So if you're just looking at it from, from an outside point of view. Now, in terms of the broken supply chain issues, you do have people who, who waste a lot of food or we have a lot of food loss due to, you know, the superficial defects, which are the ugly problems, items that are too big, they're too small, or, you know, they just look ugly, but they're perfectly good food. So what happens is those farmers or who haven't produced, they can't sell an item because there's different standards that basically said particular food should not be sold or supermarket wouldn't get those particular food. Now, those farmers would have to do some sort of sorting to ensure that some produce are being, you know, directed to the right people and what happens to those items that are too big or too small, they get wasted. And this is this is very, very shocking. Now, when you look at different areas that you also have food loss in the, in the broken supply chain, is labeling. You have packaging issues, you have expiring dates, uh, Best Buy, people not understanding the difference, which when we start talking about education, you know, it's one of the biggest contributors. As we as individuals, first of all, we're no more connected to food. So we don't pick up a food to smell them, to feel them before we actually deem them as not food that is edible. We rely so much on those labels and those labels sometimes they're not a, a real source of information. Of course, they're very important to protect people who don't know anything about food when it comes to expiring or best before, but lack of standardization is also a main contributor. So I, I would like to say that all of these big issues that definitely needs to be addressed from the customer education to, you know, the industry standards and the policy makers to standardize how information are being put together on food labels. And you also have the issue of Really making sure that people understand that, you know, because a food has a particular shape or a size, you know, doesn't deem it a food that, you know, shouldn't be bought in a supermarket. So we all have to work together, not in this silos, to be able to communicate with each other to ensure that, you know, perfectly good food are not being lost, whether during the production, during transportation, during storage or just for superficial reasons. Yeah, so I, I, I do understand that and it came up a lot in the, the research I was doing. So actually it's good news and bad news on the same time, right? As much as there's a lot of opportunities for improvement, some of them should be really easy. It's not that it requires such an advancement in technology, but on the same time it's changing people's behavior 
which is more long-term, right? And I hope we are going to be able to be working on the educational side of our children. So it's just something that becomes a habit, right? I'm curious. So I've watched this session with you uh, during this event for GoFood session. And I heard a couple of times the phrase like, you know, recycling is too late. And I think that here in Brazil, we're in such an early stage when it comes to food waste education. And we're still just, you know, talking about recycling. We rarely hear what comes all the way before that. So could you just comment on this phrase? Recycling is just too late already. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about food waste and food loss, I think a lot of time, you know, we talk about food waste in general. And what happens then is, you know, people don't understand what is food loss. And you're very right that the misalignment between those words is also a contributor because yes, the end of the funnel, if you focus so much on it, it's too late. And what I mean the end of the funnel is when you wait for a food to be wasted and then you're doing something with that food that's been wasted, then, you know, it's already too late. What we want to be doing is completely eliminating food waste and preventing food waste. This is where food loss comes into, into action. That before a food gets to a point where it's been wasted, either because of the size, the way it looks, whether it's ugly, you know, it's too big or too small, or because you know a farmer has a lot of produce that he cannot sell because maybe he just produced too much or because there's a change in demand. There needs to be something that happens in, on those lines because that's when you still have good food um, that you could you know, really find new value for them and ensure that they don't go into the waste where they could become a major greenhouse gas emitter when it lands in the, in the landfill. And that's why it's very important to really focus on the early stage without getting to the recycling side of things. While, you know, the recycling, which, you know, the waste side of things still makes a lot of, it's still a lot of opportunities there because rather than it just ending in a landfill, those wastes, you know, can still be converted into some new value. For instance, when we talk about composting, you don't have to wait for produce to get to that stage, but also in the house, when you have an item that you can use, Instead of just throwing them away, you know, you need to start finding new value for them on the, on the weight. So I, I think it's what you're saying is there's a lot of value on every value chain. But what is very important is to stay at the top of the funnel just to ensure that, you know, waste has been prevented, you know, or food has been prevented before it goes into that loss cycle. And if you cannot capture the value at the loss point of view, then you, one needs to start looking into other avenues you know, at the end of the channel, which is when we talk about recycling. So, so you're very right. I think it falls down into that education on different parts of the world, also understanding the different areas the food has been lost and how can we capture value before it gets to the points where it's been recycled or the end of the funnel, which is still very important to capture value there. Because you could also use food to, you know, to convert them into different kind of value for individuals. But since we're talking about perfectly good food, when you started, you talked about there's a lot of people, over 800 million people who go to bed without a meal. 
So those few, you know, if we redistributed, we'll be able to reach a lot of other people. And that's why it's important food should be converted into economical and also a social value before it's basically being wasted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So then, you know, let's let's talk about your your startup. So about, I think I, I pronounced it wrong. It's Hirogo. How do you how do you pronounce it? That's correct, Hirogo. So just you know, tell us exactly what you guys do. What were the main challenges you faced? So you mentioned about the agricultural problem of the food, like how people are just not purchasing them, and what you're doing regarding that. So just give us a brief background, please. So Erigo is a company that, you know, eliminates food waste, working with local farmers to reclaim ugly produce. Normally they wouldn't make it to the shelf because of their shape, their size, or due to excess produce. So you do have a lot of items that either a farmer or a wholesaler would have they can't sell because, you know, it just has a lot of them or due to change in demand. So what we're doing here is to, you know, work with local farmers because when you work with local farmers, you're promoting seasonality. You're also promoting, you know, not just only seasonality, farm to fork, so people are able to eat healthy food. And this future is hacker life future, which is very important. And also, the UA is very unique. You still have some food that is important. What we do is work with you know, wholesalers and importers to you know take those produce they can sell due to change in demand. And what we do really simply is to find new value for those produce, helping consumers you know reduce their weekly grocery shopping by you know subscribing to a service you know, on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis, which is delivered to them. And in doing so, you know everybody wins. You know we call it the win-win where you know the consumer reduces the grocery bill, the wholesalers or the farmer find new values of produce that normally would be wasted. Or at the end of the day, you know, you're diverting food that might end up in the landfill, which means that you're helping reclaim value and reducing greenhouse gas emission and also you know reclaiming water that went into you know making food. So that's what Erigo what we do. And you know, we, we don't stop there. We believe that it's very important that, you know, all the parties that are involved really understand you know, the impacts that they're making and what they're contributing. And this is where we work to also continue to provide insights into all the parties who are involved in the value system today, including the consumers, you know, the local farmers or the importers. And at the end of the day, for them to see, you know, the the good that they are doing, you know, for the planet and also for people who don't have access to to a good food. And so, and how is AI playing a role in here? Because you see that your aims to reduce food days by automating discounts using AI. So, which role does it play? Without going into lots of you know detail, this is a predictive model that we're basically you know currently continuing to work on, where we're working with not just the farmers but also the food producers. Without getting into much details, I think this is you know where it brings the value to the farmers, the the food producers, to be able to really understand what to produce at a particular time. Uh, rather than overproducing what people will need. So right 
in that particular sense, you're in the predictive phase, you're helping them understand and giving insights before you get to that stage of actually producing the food. This is where you're eliminating waste without it being produced because that's the major issue, right? How do you ensure that you eliminate food loss and food waste rather than basically wait until the end of food is being produced and then it gets wasted? Yeah, so basically producing on demand, right? It makes complete sense. So just curious about it. Uh, do you ever consider getting into the meal production space, like using the ugly foods to make soups or juices or having partners like companies like Hello Chef to cover the B2B side? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of opportunities with, to work with our B2B customers, uh, different customers today who are basically... The most important thing is to make sure that we, we direct as many food to different partners at scale as much as possible to also help you know restaurants, offices, hotels uh, reduce their monthly or their weekly you know grocery shopping amongst other food staples. And so you know what's next? What's the next big plan? If you can share, of course. <laughs> what's next for Irogo? I, I think the next thing is when we talk about food waste and food loss is such a big issue and there's a lot of opportunities. The universe is big when it comes to that. But most importantly, 8% of greenhouse gas emission that we have in the world is coming from food waste. And if you equate that to the global road transportation emission, which is, you know, that's about 87% of global road transportation emissions. So you must see that when we're looking at a more sustainable world, we need to really actively continue to look at food waste and how to address food that's been wasted and food loss as a top priority given by 2050, you know, the world population is going to double. And when we're talking about food waste, it's connected to food security. So in terms of what's big for us, I think, you know, it's us continuing to improve our technologies, us continuing to find new partners who are joining the movement, including customers, businesses, to really reduce food waste year on year by more than 170,000 tons. This would go a long way when you're looking at the water that you've saved, the total number of uh, cubic liters, and also the CO2E emission, which is basically being released to the atmosphere when food is being wasted. And I think that that's basically what lies ahead is finding a ways to really prevent being, you know, a company that prevents food being wasted rather than getting into, you know, just redirecting because it might be too late, like we said. So there's a lot of opportunities. There's also a lot of challenges because one has to start looking at, you know, ways that you could get every party involved, including, you know, the policymakers the customers, the retail stores, and it's just like a full chain that has to be looked at. And, you know, we, we as a company, as a startup, obviously we're starting here, but we need to get everybody involved as much as possible to really reclaim all this food that adds risk of basically being lost and they continue to be, you know, lost and wasted when wasting valuable resources uh, such as water, that went into making the food. You know, also, we're, we're talking about which thing carbon, you know, anytime 
we're talking about food and, and food waste. So those are like what the future definitely when we when we look at the future is how much can we capture all of this value that normally has been wasted from an economical, social, and also environmental point of view. Definitely a lot of exciting opportunities to tackle. It's even better when it's for such an important and good cause, right? Daniel, it was such a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much. And this is a topic that we're definitely keep talking about as well. I am going to leave the final words with you. Anything you'd like to say, how your listeners can reach you or get to know your company, just be my guest. Thanks again. And thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, everyone. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Please follow us on Mina on all channels. And we'll definitely learn, love to connect and also learn more from you guys. So thank you again. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future.